Hello, my beautiful beanies, and welcome to The Bean for Thursday. First with yesterday's news, I am Glenn ZB. We're looking back at Wednesday. Simon Bridges talks about how long we're going to be doing this for, you know, this whole new normal. Um, we've got a running man to interview. We've got somebody who thinks that it's basically the end of the world, and then a woman who thinks that it's not the end of the world. It's, there's actually some good stuff. She's Kay Hawksby. She'll be at the end. Uh, but at the beginning, we've got Kerry McIver, who's a bit pissed off that Goff wants to put the rates up. Whatever city or district you're in, if you say, oh, no, we don't want the rates increase, okay, fine. Well, then you don't get the kind of city, perhaps, that you deserve. It'll just end up steadily going backwards. Phil Goff says we're already miles behind some infrastructure projects that needed to be done that previous councils simply didn't have the spine and the backbone to commit to. A 3.5% increase, he says, makes sense. Does it make sense to you? If you're in Wellington, as your councillors have an emergency meeting tomorrow to come up with a budget to cope with the financial impact of COVID-19, would you opt for a, a rates freeze? But look at the work that needs being done in Wellington. When you look at the the mess that the sewerage system, the water system's in as a result of deferred infrastructure work, you can see the importance of keeping up with it. You you just don't notice the pipes, the underground work, the necessary, say, arteries of a city. You just don't see them until they get clogged and until they fail, a bit like our own arteries. And then everybody's screaming. Yeah, I guess a lot of people find um, councils to be out of touch with reality at the best of times, but um, yeah, making people pay more rates right now seems... Uh, especially when the, the roads and things have no cars on them at all. It's a bit confusing. Just a tad. Anyway, Simon Bridges, he wants us all to get back to work uh, sharply. When will that happen again? How long is this thing going to be in play? Well, that is a great question. Um, actually, we had that discussion off air um, this afternoon. We were discussing a few bits and pieces. And there is no timeline, right? So in the theory, it could go on forever. Um, and uh, look, the good Lord knows I wouldn't want that to be uh, the case. Um, the way I would sort of see it is when we get out of lockdown... Uh, it will end then, and and really though the way to think about it is this is it's a bit like our parliament. We don't have a parliament at the moment, so this committee is it. So yeah. it's all about when we get back to some kind of, if I can use the word normal, where there is a parliament and we're not in lockdown, we won't have this committee. We'll be back with uh, Speaker Mallard and you know Winston Peters and uh, Shane Jones and um, um, J- James Shaw and uh, and my fifty five MPs and, and David Seymour being there. Right. Yeah. Right. Now, Simon, one of the one of the impressions that uh, I think, as members of the public, we have, is that the information being given to us um, in these briefings by people like Ashley Bloomfield, they feel very good. They feel very straight up. It doesn't feel like things are being dodged. What's your impression? Because you actually have the chance, unlike the sort of screaming match that happens when the journalists are trying to ask questions, what's your impressions about how straight shooting the people in charge of this thing? I'm not talking about the politicians in charge. I'm talking no. about people like Ashley Bloomfield. Oh, look, look on the whole good. I'm- yeah, um, except, of course, Simon himself, who blamed bad internet for having to drive between Tauranga and Wellington for work. 
and then it turns out he doesn't have bad internet according to Spark. I'm not sure whether Si and Phil actually asked him about that. I, I've sort of had a quick look through the whole interview. I didn't actually hear it live. Um, yeah, but bit disappointed if they... I'm sure they did. I'm sure they covered all the... They haven't ever run away from a hard-hitting question like that, have they? Here's a running away man who runs away from his house and then back to it very quickly. He's done a half Iron Man running around the block. First question has got to be, why did you do this? That's the unanswerable question. It was it was there to be done, and I just looked at the loops, and you know, with the lockdown, I thought, if I'm going to do this, I've got to keep it as close to home as possible. So I thought, right, I'm going to get out and do it. Oh my goodness! I mean, did you when you, every single time you had to go around the block and see the same thing? That must have just been so demoralising. Uh, yeah, I think it was about 180 something left hand turns, um, and the, the the view didn't really change. But I was certainly thankful for the, all the neighbours coming out and cheering me on. Did they do that? Yeah, about 11. I think there's about 50 houses in my street, and about 11 of them um, ended up seeing me at different points and waving and cheering and stuff. It was great. Oh my goodness! Now listen, Matt. I thought an Iron Man involved some sort of swimming. You didn't do any swimming. Well, at the moment, we're not allowed to swim. I mean, the best I could offer at the moment would be uh, doing lengths of my bath, but um, that's not on. So <laughs> no swim this time. No, fair enough. Now, this is not, I mean, you didn't just concoct this idea, right? This is a virtual thing that people around the world can sign up to, isn't it? Indeed. It's through um, Ironman themselves. They, the, the Ironman Corporation set up a thing called um, Ironman VR, Ironman Virtual Race. And um, anyone can sign up. There was, I think, about 10,000 people around the world signed up for this one and about 6,000 finished it. It's amazing uh, how many more people seem to be exercising or exercising visibly. I suppose it's all the people who can't go to the gym and stuff like that and you're just sort of seeing them out in public, aren't you, a bit more? Well, there, there do seem to be some people exercising who I'm pretty sure have never exercised ever before. They do look like they're real rookies at it. Uh, I guess they've just run out, literally just run out of things to do or... You know, it's a weird choice. Like they could be, you know, having brunch or going to the pub, but no, no. Now that they can't do that, they're just out exercising. It's not quite the same thing, but anyway. Um, Warwick thinks it's all the end of the world, of course. When you talk about tourism, you know, and John Key was always going on about tourism, and tourism was the future, but it yeah. was always pointed out it was a very low wage, unskilled. Yeah, yeah. Kind of a business. There's people working in hotels for $16 an hour and people working in shops and cafes. And I wonder if when we do try and recreate the New Zealand economy, if we should give tourism a bit of a wide berth. I think that um, the potential is that we can have a much more realistic and a, a far better standard of living. But it's going to have to come at a price of simplifying and uh, making things smaller, you know, not having such extensive um, supply lines, you know, next, next day delivery supply lines. We, it's, what it's going to look like to me is that our, the next generation, which I feel quite, quite sorry for, I've got grandchildren myself, um, generations coming up will be living more like how our grandparents lived, where money won't be something you're just going to be throwing around. You know, let's go out for dinner and spend 80 bucks, let's go to the movies and do this and that. Um, it's going to be more learning skills. It's going to be more growing gardens. It's going to be more getting to know your neighbours. It's going to be swapping skills without having to use money. The sort of things that our grandparents did, you know, um, it does, doesn't mean that it was a, a worse way of life. In a lot of ways, it was a less stressful way of life. There was a lot less divorce, a lot less mental illness, a lot more um, resilience. But I think that that's the way that the world is going to go. Like I say, it was fun while it lasted, 
but um, there can be a better way. And I think that getting to that point, I'm afraid there is going to be a lot of pain. And I don't want to sound doom gloom, get people down, but I just want to be paint a realistic picture. One good thing that's going to come out of it for the generations coming is that this housing bubble is going to burst big time. Yeah, so if you're bummed out by Warwick, don't worry, Kate's here to cheer you up. Here's some of the good stuff about being locked down. The rise in families baking is surely one of them. More home cooking, more time to prepare food and plan meals. More wholesome, proper food, less opting for takeaways, given there aren't any. That's been a positive that I hope stays with us post-lockdown, and not just the cooking and baking, but the mealtimes with the family too. Instead of everyone being on the go, rushing between work and extracurriculars or sport, everyone is home to sit down and eat meals together. That is a treat. Likewise, sharing more of the chores at home, getting everyone to pitch in and help clean up. The focus on hygiene. I hope these things continue after lockdown too. I've also appreciated the slower pace of life. The world being on pause gives everyone a bit more time to reflect. There's less rush and chaos and more downtime. And it's downtime we don't have to feel guilty about either. It's the first time ever that literally doing nothing is not only encouraged, but you're a hero for doing it. You're saving lives just by sitting on your bum at home. It has been a bit of an adjustment. Uh, I'll be honest, as a parent, we're used to yelling at the kids for sitting around doing nothing, aren't we? It's now reassuring to see them doing just that. The other bonus of this time is that ever since the government said don't leave your house except to exercise, I've never seen more people out exercising. Some days our street looks like a marathon course. More people seem to be out running and walking than ever before. I'm sure it's a sanity thing as well as a fresh air thing, but either way, that's another bonus that I hope lasts beyond the lockdown, more of us being more active. It's probably also because so many of us are doing so much baking and eating so much of that baking, we're feeling as though we need to get our bodies moving for fear we sink into a carb coma from all those scones. There is a lot of eating and drinking going on, but we need to not put ourselves under too much pressure while the world is turned upside down. It is hard yards, yes, but trying to find the positives may help us uh, all keep that little bit more sane. I was actually just watching uh, Kate uh, videoing uh, Mike Hosking uh, cleaning the studio it's a sort of a morning ritual they have I sort of feel a bit sort of I don't know stalky pervy watching them do it because I feel like I don't know they're getting a lot more out of it than normal people do watching each other cleaning things and doing housework you know what I mean or shall I just back up that truck and we'll just pretend I never said any of that let's do that uh, that's been News Talk Zed Bean for Thursday. That's the week, actually. It's, uh, uh, we're going to go home now for four days and do pretty much more of what we've already just been doing for the last two and a half weeks. And then I'll see you on Tuesday.